Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich and Brendan Escott with you today, Bob Stoffer, on route to Nashville with the Oilers. The Oilers taking on the Preds tomorrow afternoon. That's a 1 o'clock Edmonton puck drop, 11.30 face-off show right here on 6.30. Ched, tonight, the U of A Golden Bears in action over at Larry Drake hosting the UBC Thunderbirds. And we bring aboard the head coach of the Golden Bears, friend of the show, Ian Herbers. Ian, how are things going? Uh, good, thank you. That's good to hear. Uh, big game tonight. And... Uh, so far this season, you've split both of your series. Uh, you're playing UBC. Before we get to the, the matchup, um, how have things been going from your team? I know you're banged up, especially up front. We can maybe get into those injuries too. But uh, overall, are guys you know, stepping up uh, in those positions? How would you assess your team so far early in the year? Well, we've had three weekends now. So we split the first two against Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Uh, we had a tough weekend uh, against Mount Royal last weekend, home and home, uh, and we beat them both times in overtime. Uh, I thought they did a very good job uh, defensively in boxing out and that, and I like our persistence on our guys, uh, tying it up late in the game, sending it into overtime, and then dominating in overtime. Um, so I thought our guys have been very good, a very good weekend last weekend, getting tested. And we responded well. Things were too easy for us. Uh, I don't think we'd get the development and the growth that we need. Uh, so our young guys, Miski and Polinchuk, who are two first-year players, have come in and played very well for us, scored some key goals last weekend. Uh, and other guys have had an opportunity to step up as well. We had Kimmett in the lineup, uh, who was a walk-on the season before with Surge. Uh, and he played his first two Canada West games this past weekend and did very well for us. So pleased where we are. Uh, we're, we're banged up again. We lost Phil for a couple weeks here, uh, but we should have McGee back for tonight. Well, it's good that McGee's back. Philip, of course, uh, is that an injured lung that uh, he suffered? Yeah, yeah, it was a freak accident. Just a hit. Finished the game in Mount Royal. It happened early in the game. Mount Royal finished it. Uh, we came back and played at home Saturday. Played the first period here and just couldn't breathe anymore. Uh, good thing the U of A hospital obviously was very close and he was over there right in start of the second period uh, and getting checked out and everything else. So uh, as far as lung injury, uh, a minor one compared to what it could have been. So we're fortunate there. Well, that's good to hear that he's doing okay. Uh, and Stefan Legault is out with an Achilles tear. Tyson Bailey out with a hip injury. That's three of your top six right there, Ian. So uh, it is encouraging to to hear you say some of the younger guys are stepping up, but uh, that is uh, pretty tough to start the season here with uh, some of your best players out. Yeah, but it's been a good uh, chance for other guys. And like I said, they've done well. Uh, it's nice the last week here in practice, we actually had bodies back, red jerseys, not able to play yet, but it's nice to have all those guys back on the ice and kind of see what we have. Uh, and just team chemistry-wise, I know they, they're they part of the team and everything else, but they feel more the team when they're on the ice working in drills with the guys, uh, working on some of the system stuff. So it was nice having them on. We had good energy this week, good prep this week, 
and Winlow will be tested against UBC. Well, on the back end, you mentioned McGee coming back, but um, in terms of the goaltending situation, what's uh, what's the latest with, with Burke? Uh, he practiced this week. With those two weeks off, uh, helped his ankle settle down. Uh, had a good week of practice. Not quite ready to play this weekend. Uh, well, we'll see today. He skates with the alumni at 4.30. See how he responds there. Maybe somebody for Saturday. Uh, he's in a day-to-day basis right now, so we'll start Sachenko tonight and go from there. And what would be your plan, I guess, with the goalies moving forward? Are you looking at doing a split, or would that be the case? Or is it a game-by-game process at this point? Uh, that's up to the goalies, Yeah, uh, how they play and how they respond and, and what they do. Uh, it's nice to be able to split goalies just in case you do end up with an injury situation. And at Nationals, it usually ends up being three games in three nights, and that's uh, sometimes three games in two and a half days, depending on what, what your draw is. So it's nice to have uh, goalies that you're comfortable that you can throw in for either game and, and break it up so they're better rested, especially for that gold medal game. Chatting with Ian Herbers here, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. Uh, how's things been going for you back uh, behind the bench here with uh, the Golden Bears, Ian? Are you enjoying it? Is uh, everything uh, how it used to be for you? Are, are you, of course, the challenges with the injuries, but other than that, how have things been going? Uh, good. No, enjoy being in Claire Drake Arena and the office and the staff and the players. All fantastic to work with. Um, knew it would be a, a bit of a challenge this year, started this year with the injuries that we had in the summertime uh, and the changes I wanted to bring in and, and then from obviously from last season. The team winning last year and the pressure of that, the guys maybe taking it a little easy at times. So we got to keep working on our consistency here so we put two games together on a weekend and we control games for the most part. Uh, and that's what we were lacking in the first couple weekends against Saskatchewan and Manitoba. Maybe give us uh, the scouting report here quickly on your opponent tonight and uh, this weekend, UBC. Um, they had been playing very well and had a tough weekend in Calgary last weekend. But uh, very good goaltending specialty teams have been good for them. I think they're in the top. Uh, power play and penalty kill up there as well. Um, they're deer mobile. they got some forwards that put the puck in the net, and they're going to play a fast game. We met them in Penticton, and we had two hard-fought games. We lost the second one in a shootout, uh, but two very good games are well-coached, uh, and they'll be prepared, and they'll be hungry after getting beat and swept last weekend in Calgary. Well, it should be rocking uh, on campus tonight, and uh, we wish you the best of uh, luck this weekend, Ian. Uh, so go Golden Bears. Go. Uh, thanks. Appreciate it, Brandon. No problem. That's Ian Herbers, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, giving us an update there on his squad. And, of course, uh, he was saying three of his top six uh, injured up front. Some big names there, but uh, they may get Brandon McGee back tonight uh, up front. He's been out for uh, the last three weeks. And uh, the goaltending situation as well, Burke, uh, Brennan Burke, uh, getting closer to a return. So we'll see if uh, the Golden Bears can get in a roll here uh, once they start to get some bodies back uh, into the mix. 142 in Edmonton. Brendan Ulrich and uh, Brendan Escott with you. By the way, Brendan, you wanted to jump in here quickly because uh, what, what was some guy giving it to you on the text line about... Uh, Global News Radio or something? What no, no, no. Jensen is is my resident heckler. I don't get 
much feedback at all, but uh, I do end up with negative feedback from this uh, this fellow. Jensen, buddy, I don't have a long list of blocked people on Twitter. If you're mean to me, though, that's what's going to happen. And secondly, yes, it is Global News Radio 880 Edmonton as of, what, two months ago? A little longer Three months that. ago? Something like that. Anyway, so if you're nice to me, I don't have a problem with anything that goes on. There you go. Brennan's all fired up, so there you go. All right, let's uh, bring in Chris from Phoenix here. He's been uh, calling in and out throughout the show, and we finally have some time to bring him aboard here. Chris, how are things going, my man? Good. It's, uh, it's a little hot down here. Um, you know, starting to cool down, but it's still a little warm. I uh, just want to congratulate the Oilers. I really was not expecting uh, the Oilers to be in the position they are in right now. This is amazing considering um, just the schedule that we've had. And we've played some tough teams. And, uh, you know, we're starting to get scoring now from everybody. Uh, well, pretty much everybody. Um, I, I loved the uh, Alex Chase on uh, PTO. Um, I thought that uh, he was always a, a pretty pretty good player that, uh, you know, wherever he played, he contributed. He's a heart and soul guy, what we need in, in, in that dressing room. Uh, it's nice to see that uh, we were able to shut down Stanley Cup champions last night. We played uh, sound hockey. I think that uh, that game last night was probably the best game, the, the, the most well-rounded game that we had. And we also didn't need Connor McDavid to score five points, four, five, uh, three, four, five points, because everybody showed up. And I, and I hope that, uh, you know, before every game or, you know, the night before every game, uh, Todd McClellan and his coaching staff put that tape in on how to play hockey in the NHL. Because if we keep on playing that way, we are going to be in every single game, and uh, that's all I really have, and uh, let's go Oilers. Yeah, I like what you said about uh, the way they, they played defensively last night. They did a really good job cleaning up uh, the mess in front of their own net, and there were some good blocks, but anytime there was a, a rebound, it was cleared. They did a good job, and uh, against the Capitals with all their firepower, all the snipers they have, you need to do that, and they were able to do that last night. And Clefbaum and Larson were a big part of that. Nurse and uh, you know Nurse and uh, Russell, I, I like their game as well last night. They need to keep it up though, so we'll see if uh, the D can keep playing like that because there were some breakdowns in the previous game against Pittsburgh, but last night, for the most part, they were definitely sound defensively. And when they they, they weren't, Talbot was there to back them up. Like Talbot was lights out last night, made some big saves, stopped Ovechkin a few times because Netsov on that breakaway as well. So really like Talbot's game, but. Now we'll see what Koskinen can do in goal tomorrow. You can text us 630-630. There are a lot of people uh, pumped up about the Flames losing uh, 9-1 last night. There are a few texts about that. Uh, You can keep texting us here at 630-630. Just trying to find a few to get to. BU, do you think that game was all about the Oilers playing so good? You being a Caps fan, do you think Washington had a poor performance? That's a good question. I mean, you give credit to the Oilers for the way they played, but having said that, I wouldn't say Washington was playing at the same level that they were in the Stanley Cup Finals a year ago. But at the same time, the Oilers beat the defending Stanley Cup champions. So you can look at it either way. Um, I, the, the Caps were a little bit sloppy last night, I think, and I said that earlier. It seemed like they're, they're really good when uh, 
when Kuznetsov has the puck on his stick, when Backstrom has the puck on his stick, and they're they're skating through the neutral zone. And that's when they're so dangerous. But last night, it just seemed like the puck was bouncing at times off their stick. They weren't as crisp and sharp, but maybe it was what the Oilers were doing defensively. So give them some credit. It's not like the Capitals have blown the roof off the league this year. Their record is virtually identical to the Oilers. They're 4-3-2. The Oilers now 4-3-1, and yeah. right? So they're not necessarily having the kind of season that uh, that would indicate that they're a powerhouse in the league, per se. But the biggest thing for the Oilers, I think we can all agree last night, was Washington's power play is absolutely deadly, and they yeah. didn't get any opportunities. Yeah, Larson had a huge block uh, when Ovechkin tried to get off his one-timer there on the power play, so... They did a good job, and everyone was talking about the Cavs' power play heading into that game. I know Todd McClellan was asked part of the game, how do you stop the Cavs' power play? He said, don't take a penalty. Or you can score a shorthanded goal like Ryan Nugent Hopkins did, so that helps as well. So it was uh, nice to see the Oilers have an answer for that. Ovechkin, by the way, just back to the Caps here quickly, he was invisible last night, and I hate to say that because I love Ovechkin. He's my favorite player. He had an off night. So. And that's got to be tough for people. They come here once a year, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of people in this town that are ripping ripping around in Ovechkin jerseys. So for, for him not to be on his A game last night was probably disappointing for, for you and your people already. <laughs> there were a lot of Cavs fans in the building last night, actually. My uh, good friend, Martin Martiniak, he uh, was at the game with me, and he tweeted out, I went to the game to see Ovechkin score. Instead, I got a parking ticket. So he was upset about that. <laughs> As you talked about Ovechkin scoring for all the fans that paid money to see him play live. Uh, speaking of tickets, did you ever talk about your ticket you got on the air here? I d- no, I'm trying we to should, leave it in the past. We should talk about it. I figured Bob would have brought it up. Brought it up on the show. I don't think Bob knows. And oh, you again, tell that was by design. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, let's so. uh, tell the story here okay. quickly before we, got we get a to break. Of minutes. So my story is, you know, bright-eyed. Brendan. I've only been in Edmonton a couple years. I don't really know the go-around with how strict they are with parking stuff. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, don't even try it around Commonwealth Stadium. I go down there to to shadow Mr. Ulrich in, the, in his sideline reporter's role, and I was in a rush because it was that day where the Oilers played in the afternoon and the Eskimos played in the evening, so I don't have a parking plan in mind. I figured, alright, I'll park in residential, I'll eat the ticket. How much could it possibly be? <laughs> and at halftime, I get a call from the police seized vehicle lot saying, hey, you need to come pick up your Civic. Sooner than later. So that was a $275 lesson learned. That's great. Yeah, I felt bad for you. It, it was the coldest game ever, too. We're sitting there freezing on the sideline. You get a call saying your car's been towed. Oh, man, that sucks. The best part about it was the, the voicemail, as you said, um, when you call or whatever. We're open late after Eskimo games, so they're all geared up and yeah. ready for the onslaught of people that were towed for trying to park in residential. So. They're prepared. Now, I, I will say that if I lived in that area, that would drive me crazy yeah. if I couldn't park in front of my own house. So Absolutely. I'll issue an apology, and I did learn my lesson. It won't happen again. I <laughs> Ubered to the next one. So, Well, at least you did get a ride home from Chris Sheets. There were there are people listening right now that would pay three hundred dollars to to get a ride home from Chris Sheets and talk to, country music with him. I got to pick his brain, and he's got an unbelievable ride. I don't know if you've seen this around, but <laughs> well, that was that Sheets. was almost worth the price of admission. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so there you go. We could start a, a contest uh, on Kiss. How much would you pay for a, a charity to get a ride with Chris Sheets? Boom! Ne- for next year's charity auction. <laughs> exactly.
I'll have to talk to Chris about that. That's see, we're coming up with ideas uh, on the fly here. That's the power of the two Brennans. It's 150 uh, in Edmonton. We'll take a time out here uh, on Oilers now. When we come back, we'll uh, get to this day in Oilers history. We'll set up inside sports, get to uh, what's on tap this weekend, and much more. That's all ahead. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. It's 153 in Edmonton back here on Oilers Now. It's the weekend. You may want to order some pizza tonight if you do. Give Royal Pizza a call. Pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca and download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The all recommendation is the Fred Special. So forget about the Mediterranean chicken for a night. It's great. But try the Fred Special as well over at Royal Pizza. You can text us 630-630. We'll get to this day in Oilers history in a second, there's some uh, funny texts coming in today, uh, Brendan. This one from Sean says, Hey guys, I heard Calgary voted to rename all their red lights Mike Smith. Cheers. <laughs> yes, Mike Smith has uh, been having a rough go of it so far this year with the Calgary Flames. As you said earlier in NHL today, he gave up six last night before he got pulled. So a tough night for uh, Mike Smith, who was really good for the Flames last year, so we'll see if he can get things going, but so far not so good for Smith uh, after that showing last night. This one's pretty funny too. BU, if the Predators coach wore a bowl mask post-game interview after sweeping Alberta teams, will McClellan wear a Cowboys costume or a Cowboy costume if the Oilers win tomorrow? LB from Calgary. Well, I don't see McClellan wearing... A Cowboys costume. Perhaps he would wear a Cowboys hat if the Oilers win. Why not? I mean, they have a lot of them in Nashville. They do. <laughs> It'd be easy to as, find a Cowboys hat there. So, what is Alberta as it gets down there in the states? Is right there in Nashville. That's cool. Why not? See, I like the. I do like that Laviolette wore the the mask after. I thought it was hilarious. I so. was in stitches, and at that point, I was very upset that I couldn't be at the visitors' dressing room. <laughs> yeah. No disrespect to the Oilers, but that was gold. Why not have some fun every once in a while? I know we've had a lot of fun on the show today. Probably too much fun there, Brennan, mm-hmm. but uh, it's all good. It's Friday. The Oilers are coming off a big win. We're all feeling good. It's Halloween weekend, so things are great. Let's get to this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at Value Park at Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. Brendan, what do you have for us? Oh, today in 1984, Yari Curry has two goals and three assists as the Oilers pound the Kings 8-2. to two. Five of his 135 points on the year. It was win- wins like that one that helped the 84-85 uh, Oilers to the title of best team ever, for which a banner now hangs in Rogers' place. That is This Day in Oilers History, brought to you by New West Travel. The Oilers in action tomorrow. It's a 1 o'clock puck drop. 11.30 face-off show right here on 6.30. Ched, Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Bob Stoffer, Jack Michaels, all along for the ride tomorrow. It should be a good game. I'm predicting a, a running gun style game. 
If the Oilers want to win, it might need to be 5-4. I don't think it's going to be a 3-0 shutout victory like the Preds. Uh, you know, handed the Oilers the other night here at Rogers Place. We'll wait and see what happens, though. It is uh, an early game, so set your alarm. That's a little... Maybe you don't need to set your alarm. It's 11.30. Game's at 1. But unless you're going out uh, tonight enjoying the Halloween weekend, you might want to set your alarm for that one. Inside Sports Tonight with Reed Wilkins. What's on the show, Mr. Escott? Uh, Reed has Jamie Nye, a CFL uh, beat writer from Regina. And Bob will also check in from Nashville. If you missed him here today, you'll hear him again later on. Can't wait for that. That's Inside Sports Tonight, 6-8. That wraps up the Friday edition of Oilers Now. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy Halloween. Enjoy the afternoon news with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. That's up next. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.